Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, February 20th, 2021. Let me start today with a confession. When I lived in Israel for three and a half months, the place where uh, the group of students I was with stayed had a kosher kitchen. So that meant that everything that they served kind of followed the traditional and even the biblical Old Testament uh, kosher laws. And so that was a couple downsides to that for us as a group. One, that meant no unclean food. So uh, no pork, no bacon, no shrimp or anything like that. And then also with, with kosher laws, what they do is they separate meat from dairy. So either the meal has dairy and no meat or it has meat and no dairy. And Friday lunches were always dairy, no meat. And I'm just telling you that eggplant lasagna, it wasn't that great that they would serve up every Friday. But one day there was a very special meal and we were even eating it in kind of a different room than we normally did. And so with the blessing of our professors, we all snuck in some bacon to be a part of the meal. And so we did that even though, well, that's not kosher, so to speak, but that's because we were operating under what we've seen already in the New Testament from Acts chapter 10, that those laws are not binding on Christians. And so what we want to see today is even though we're going to look at some of these laws about clean and unclean foods, we're going to see that God cares more about what's going on in our hearts than he does what's going on in our stomachs. And if we really think about that from a biblical perspective, we will still see that holiness is something that God wants us to take very seriously. And we're going to start in the book of Leviticus in verses, or sorry, chapters 10 through 11 today. And as we do that, we'll see again the theme of this book, be holy for I am holy, and that God intends holiness to be taken seriously. And it starts off with a bang at the beginning of chapter 10. Remember, chapter 9, it kind of ends with this grand finale of um, the sacrifice being consumed by fire and the glory of the Lord appearing in the camp. Kind of an amazing experience. But then chapter 10, things change very quickly. It says, Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And we've seen many times in the chapters leading up to this, they did this as the Lord commanded them. That's kind of been a refrain, but now it's saying they did something which God had not commanded them. And so fire comes from before the Lord again in verse two, and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them and they died before the Lord. So here we see two of Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, they do something that God had told them or that God had not told them to do. And he consumes them with fire, showing that what he had said about the tabernacle and how things should be done, he meant to be taken very seriously. 
And they were not doing what God had told them to do. It's even speculated because later in verse 9, God tells Aaron, drink no wine or strong drink, you or your sons with you when you go into the tent of meeting. So some speculate that possibly did Nadab and Abihu do what they did because they were drunk. That's a possibility. Maybe when you consider that command in context, but we don't know for sure. But what we do know is that God intended his instructions to be followed when it came to the tabernacle. And these two men did not do what God had told them to do, and they were judged for it. And then in the next chapter, we really get into the clean and unclean animals. And again, here, there's lots of speculation. Why exactly were some of these animals okay? Why was it okay to eat you know, beef? Why was it okay to eat lamb? Why was it not okay to eat pork? Well, you know, why did these laws get this way? And some people suggest, well, maybe it was based on the customs of the nations around them and to make Israel distinct. Uh, some people think, hey, there was uh, health benefits to what God had told them to do. And I know some people even that encourage similar guidelines today and tell you to stay away from these things that are unclean for your own health, right? There's a lot of theories out there. I've never come across one that's particularly convincing to me as to the specifics, but God tells us the overall reasons. He tells them that they are supposed to do this to be holy, to be set apart, to be distinct. And we see that in verse 44, he says, for I am the Lord, your God, consecrate yourselves therefore, and be holy for I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any swarming thing that crawls on the ground. For I am the Lord, your God, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy for I am holy. So what specific reason why some animals and not others? I don't know. But the overall reason why God was giving them this was to be holy, to be distinct, to be set apart. Now, how does that translate to you and to me, well, I think Jesus is going to help answer that question now as we turn to Matthew chapter 15, Matthew 15, and we're going to look at verses 10 through 28 today. And especially we want to focus on verses 10 through 20, where remember yesterday there was this whole kerfluffle between Jesus and the Pharisees about his disciples not washing their hands and the traditions of men, right? But today, we are going to see Jesus go into that and talk about what is it that really defiles a person? Is it eating without doing the ceremonial washings? And we've already seen from Acts chapter 10 that in the New Testament, God declares all foods to be clean. He does away with these Old Testament food laws. So that's why I can eat bacon in Israel with a clean conscience, because God has told me that's okay to do. But he does tell us something very important here in this passage. He reminds us that it is not what goes into the stomach. Let's pick it up where Jesus starts talking in verse 16. He says, are you still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. 
And what we know from other places in the Gospels and from Acts chapter 10 is, hey, eating bacon or eating shrimp, and this is where I'm going to say, thank the Lord, does not defile anyone. But that doesn't mean that, hey, well, we shouldn't be concerned about holiness anymore. No, one thing we should see from Leviticus is that God takes holiness very seriously. And that has not changed. And so instead of paying so much attention maybe to what's going into our stomachs, we need to heed Jesus's words here and pay very close attention to what is coming out of our hearts. Look at it again, look at it again where he says for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. We need to guard our hearts. We need to watch our hearts and we need to even look at whatever is coming out of my mouth is a symptom of what is in my heart. And that is what's going to defile me. That is what is going to make me unclean or unholy. So I want to invite you today to examine your own heart and that we need to watch our hearts and we need to pray, even as we've seen a lot recently in the Psalms, pray for clean hands and a pure heart. And we need to realize every action we make, every word that we speak comes from our hearts. So as you spend time praying today, I would encourage you to examine what are your words, what are your actions revealing about your heart? And is your heart headed in the direction of holiness? That should be our desire. But as long as we are still battling this sinful flesh and we're still living in this fallen world, there's going to be a struggle and it's going to need to be a constant process of watching our hearts, of confessing sin to the Lord and looking to his word and calling out to him to purify us and to cleanse us from the inside out. That should be our desire. We need to remember God is still calling us to be holy for he is holy. And first and foremost, that's what drives us to put our faith in Christ, knowing we are not holy. We are unclean. We need a savior who can cleanse us. And now we want to grow in that holiness that he has given us. And that should be our desire today. And that desire has to be stronger than just, oh, well, I don't want to sin because sin is bad and God wants me to be holy. So uh, no sin for me. There has to be a desire in our hearts that replaces the desire to sin, right? If you just tell yourself, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, that's not going to be a very effective strategy. We need to replace those desires in our heart to sin with a desire for something else. And that's where, again, I think Psalms is going to be instructive for us today as we finish Psalm 26, looking at verses 8 through 12. And look at what it says there at the beginning in verse 8. Oh Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. And even we've seen in Psalm 26, the psalmist is valuing integrity in his personal life. He's pursuing holiness. Why is he doing it? Because he loves God's house and the place where his glory dwells. So he's replacing the desire for sin in his heart with the desire to be close to God. And that's what we saw even in Psalm 24. Who will ascend into the hill of the Lord? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. One of the reasons we should pursue holiness is because we want to be close to God. We want to walk in tight fellowship with God. And we realize that sin will always be putting up barriers and causing a strain in our relationship with God. 
And so may that be what fuels our desire to watch our heart is that we want to walk closely with God. We love the house of his habitation. We love the place where his glory dwells. Uh, Finally, we look at Acts 16 today, verses 11 through 24. And we see, um, we even see uh, a change in pronouns. I guess we technically saw that uh, yesterday. We start to see we instead of they. And so Luke writes the gospel of Acts. He's now traveling apparently with Paul. and, And this traveling party now comes and really travels from what would be modern day Turkey uh, to modern day Greece. And they come to the city of Philippi. And so this is kind of a groundbreaking moment now that we're reading about missions kind of crossing into a new continent, going into the continent of Europe and sharing the gospel there. And we see Lydia get saved. Her and her household are baptized. And then we see though, well, the story doesn't go all good because Paul and Silas are eventually thrown into prison, right? There's this uh, demon-possessed kind of woman who goes after them and starts shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you of the way of salvation. And she keeps doing that. And it says that Paul becomes greatly annoyed because she would do this every day. And he casts out this spirit from her. But through this spirit, she was telling fortunes and doing things that was basically making people all kinds of money. And so therefore they were very mad at Paul and Silas and Paul and Silas get thrown into jail. And that's a pretty exciting story of what happens next, but we're going to have to pick that up on Monday. But for this weekend, let's realize the value that God does place on holiness. And instead of maybe examining what we're putting into our stomachs, let's examine what is coming out of our heart because we love the Lord. We want to walk closely with him. And therefore we desperately want to pursue holiness. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.